Welcome to the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast, a podcast for small business owners who are looking to drive profits, improve cash flow, save tax, and run a better business. When I was playing football years ago, my football coach gave me some great advice. Get to the contest and the rest of your game will follow. The message was clear. Focus on what's important and the results will look after themselves. Running a small business can be hard and full of distractions, so please enjoy the show as we help you to ignore the noise and focus on what you need to know so that you can get to the contest in your small business. Welcome to this episode of the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. Today, we're joined by Tony Scott, Senior Consultant on All Things Workplace Relations for EmploySure, Australia's largest workplace relations firm. Now, for our listeners out there, employing people is how you grow a business, but it can also be the number one cause of grey hairs, headaches, stress and all the rest, Tony. So uh, I know there's going to be a lot in today's chat that's really going to help people. Now, before we, we get into the specifics of what you do, let, let's find out a bit about, a bit about yourself. Um, how did you get into this field? Well, look, I think it's, uh, it's just a natural progression, Warwick. I've had a long and successful career. I I think I first employed my uh, first employee in my uh, late 20s, early 30s, and very quickly realised it was uh, very difficult to to manage. Effectively, I had a a career in in middle management with multinationals, uh, ultimately in in Sydney, came back to the Central Coast as as an independent consultant and consulted to a number of uh, big and small businesses of uh, lots of different industries. So I, the way I see it is I bring to the table with EmploySure a combination of skills from uh, particularly around empathy with the employer, having done that myself. Um, and uh, in towards the end of uh, last year or the year before, I, I did a stint with a, with a company that was really mentoring people who are unemployed. And I got an insight into the issues that employees face from their perspective. Mm-hmm. So once again, that word empathy is very important to bring to the table to understand the stresses and expectations of both employers and employees. Great. And I'd imagine typically I said in small business, there's a different expectation or different mindset. Um, there's no right or wrong. The people are just different, um, typically employers versus employee mentality. And and getting people on the same page will, I'd imagine, remove a lot of the, the dramas that you, you're talking about. Absolutely. Um, I think the word you use there, expectations, is, is the key, that both parties have certain expectations. They're not always the same. <laughs> Sounds like most relationships, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. So this is the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. So what's your version of Get to the Contest for uh, for an you know, if you were an employer, what are the critical things you have to focus on? Well, look, I talk a lot about workplace culture and I, and I think, you know, there's a direct correlation between morale and productivity. So for any business to be successful and indeed, you know, using the, the football analogy for any team or sporting team to be uh, successful, you have to have a cohesive team. We all have to be, you know, singing from the same hymn sheet as it were. And I think that, for me, is it how you get the right culture and how you have have everyone singing from the same hymn sheet is the challenge, but that is the key. Yep, definitely. And and do you have a definition of workplace culture? 
But I think I, I think that was it. You know, morale um, is there's a direct correlation between morale yeah. and productivity. So that doesn't mean necessarily that you have to mollycoddle your employees and, and acquiesce to their every you know whim. But uh, and I think it, it, I use a an analogy of, of the family of raising kids. And, and if you anyone who's had kids understand that consistency is important and having the rules and being seen to be fair and, and open and once again consistent. And that's, that extrapolates into the workplace as well. So having boundaries around behaviour, expectations and, and all that and then being firm but fair in, in, in doing that, in, in uh, you know, policing that, creates a culture where people feel valued, people feel uh, um, respected, they feel safe that their their job's not at risk because the management actually know what they're doing. Yep. And therefore, once once you get rid of the anxiety, the income anxiety, that's that's a big stress. People don't like change. As soon as their position, their job seems to be under threat, this income anxiety sets in, manifests mm-hmm. itself in poor productivity, and there's a downward spiral. Yeah, because one of the uh, – Best, uh, and I, I don't recall who, who gave this to me, otherwise I'd credit them, but the, the best version of what, what culture is is the way we do things around here. Mm. And mm. to me that, that sums it up. Sums it up. Mm. Um, it's not right or wrong, but it's just how we do it around here mm. and probably a lot about what you're going to speak about today and you've already touched on is um, making it clear that everyone knows this is the way we do it around here. It might not be the same way as... Yeah. Someone else does it, but that's that's how McDonald's have a culture. That's that's right. Um, and, and and I use that myself. I, you know, it doesn't matter how they make hamburgers in Hungry Jacks, and it doesn't matter how they make them in Burger King. But if you work at McDonald's, everyone knows that it's how you do it. Yep. So there's and, a lesson in that. For and going back to my football days, I've been a part of a couple of very successful football clubs, mm. and completely different in their approaches off the field mm. and their tactics and whatever else, but they each have their own unique culture and this is just how we do it here mm. and the way you did it at the old yeah. place won't necessarily gel yeah. in the new environment. So you're either on the bus or you're not. Exactly, mm. exactly. Mm. Or in my case, at the bar after the game. <laughs> so, all right, great. So workplace culture and, and getting those expectations up front, absolutely critical. A little bit more about yourself before we move on to the specifics. What bit of tech can't you live without professionally or personally? Unquestionably, it's the iPad. Best thing ever invented. I was I was slow on the uptake. Uh, my uh, my daughter and, and you know her generation had this wonderful tool. Once I got one, it's can't, almost can't like live without it. Inseparable. It does everything, and yeah, it's. Do you run use it? Run your business from your iPad? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Uh, I use CRM, email, you know, takes photos, videos, whatever, you know, yep. scanning documents, you name it, on and on. All you do is put an app in and, and it's now it's revolutionised the my, my uh, approach to business, that's for sure. Great. Now, 20 years ago, if only you could look into the future, what, what advice would you give yourself from 20 years ago? If you could turn back time, mm-hmm. you've been around the traps? Well, I think, yeah, it's a question you know, that, that comes up often and I think in hindsight, and this is one of, one of the good things about what I do is, is there's an element of mentoring that, that comes with this because I talk to a lot of businesses at various stages of their business development and my advice is that you need to take time out, you need to pace yourself and you need to put your, you know, 
your role as a business owner into perspective. One of the things I remember um, is I used to always book out in my diary something like four o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. And uh, if someone said, oh, can I see you at four o'clock on Tuesday? I'd say, no, I'm sorry, there's somewhere else I need to be. Let's make it another time. Now, the reality was that place that I had to be was coaching a junior soccer team. And that that was an integral part of my life and the business can wait. Granted, I might still be in the office at nine o'clock at night sometimes, but you need to have that balance. And I think once you lose sight of that and, and not... Having time, you've heard all the stories of people saying, I missed my kids growing up, I was too busy working. Don't make that mistake. That's yep. my advice. <laughs> Not that I did, but uh, I see a lot of people who do. I yes. love it. Great tip. Now, Tony, you're a workplace relations expert. Yep. So that goes from hiring, employing and firing. So we're just going to go through some of the things that small business owners face. Hiring. I'm a business owner, thinking about hiring someone for the first time or I may already have employees. Mm-hmm. Now, if they're doing everything to world's best practice or mm-hmm. as per mm-hmm. what you would advise, mm-hmm. what should I have in place before I make a hire? Well, once again, using the analogy of the kids, you need boundaries, you need clear uh, expectations and, and what I'm talking about here is, is – employment policies so once again it's it's how we do it here whether it be okay we start in this office at eight o'clock and we finish at five o'clock or we we wear a tie or we you know we park our car here or whatever it is and uh once when when someone comes into the organization as a new employee that's on the table and it's as you say this is the way we do it here and i would simply say to them you know are you comfortable with the way we do here? Because it's easy to hire someone. It's very difficult to fire them. So we need to be all on the same page. So are you comfortable with that? And, and they say, yes, no, I understand all that. All right, then we can move forward because um, we can always come back to that and say, well, hang on a moment. You did tell me that you were comfortable with the way we did that. Yeah, so that's really important, that, that setting up that expectation. The expectation, the rules of the game up front. Absolutely, yep. Yep. Okay, so let's say we've done that, or to the best of our ability, but what are five or so common, the common mistakes that you see in your, your professional life that you probably spend a lot of time having to rectify or you can see that because mm. these things were done poorly or mm. weren't done, mm. causing problems for the small business owner? Well, I think one of the things that I see all the time is where people, business owners, have employed what I would call reactively rather than proactively. In other words, they, they, you know, someone leaves them unexpectedly and they take the first one who, who looks like they can do the job simply because they, they don't want to, they can't afford the downtime or the lost productivity. Now, that's a mistake because, as, you know, if someone said to me years ago that when someone's in an interview, they don't get any better than that. They're at their best behaviour. They've, <laughs> they've groomed themselves. They've studied up for the job. They're never going to get better than what you see. They'll get worse. So... The point is that um, just because someone presents, you know, looking well, and you go, right, you've got the job. So that rush is a big mistake. These days, and, and then, of course, you know, not having the policies in place of just saying, yep, can you do the job? Yep, you live locally. That's fine. You like the money. Let's go without setting the, the rules because they can come back to be the, the employee from hell. 
other things that are available now that we, we didn't have many years ago is this uh, magical thing called social media. And uh, everyone forgets that what goes on social media can come back to haunt you. But it's very good if if I interviewing Warwick Jackson, as soon as you leave, Warwick, what's the first thing I'm going to do? I'm going to Google Warwick Jackson and I'm going to see what's out there. Well, if you can like, Google back to the 2003 grand final where I was <laughs> premiership winning full forward, that'd be great. I'm not sure what else you find out there. But well, yeah. And the other thing that I, I have used past in the past and someone did it to me once was the likability test. I actually went for a job interview probably 20 years ago and I was all dressed up in my suit and everything and ready to, to answer the questions. And the, uh, the employer sat down and talked about football five or ten minutes. And then after that, he just stood up and said, okay, well, go and see the receptionist and we'll organise an interview for you. And I said, well, hang on, wasn't that it? And he said, no, 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 you've passed the first stage, you've passed the likability test. And I always remember that because in just having a chat, it's very important that that rapport, there's rapport and that everyone's on the same page. Otherwise, you're trying to put the round peg in the square hole. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So you've just summarised some things we should do. Now, what's it cost us if we get it wrong? Well, in one word, heaps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, everyone can identify with it. I'm sure everyone's got it wrong at some stage. And, and it also, you know, Sometimes when people are making a decision as to whether to let a person go, this whole idea of the commercial reality kicks in and that, that makes them you know, not make the right decision. So there's a cost attached to getting it wrong and it's, it can be just lost productivity. Obviously, training, again, I had a, a client even this morning who said they trained this young person up for three months only to find that this, he's just handed in his notice he's going to work for someone else. So he's going to basically take all that training and to the advantage of another employer. Mm-hmm. So then he's got to, the employer, this employer's got to start again. So it does cost a lot of time in terms of training and, of course, supervision of that person, you know, uh, right down to the, to the whole process of your time in interviewing, you know, all that. So... A few simple steps of getting it right to start with is actually going to save you a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of stress. Great. So on the topic of hiring people, I'll put you on the spot here, Tony. What is your version of get to the contest in relation to hiring? The most important thing to get right from the beginning, where everything else will follow from that. Well, I think you've you've hit it on the head. Getting to the game is, in in itself, getting it right the first time. And, And it's not easy, but a little bit of preparation is, uh, is important. So getting that cultural fit and, you know, making sure that the the person coming into the role, uh, once again, has those clear expectations that the, the expectations are, you know, that the same, that if there's no promotion available, that they don't come into a job expecting there to be a promotion available, uh, you know, all that sort of thing around getting that person right and getting them to fit into the culture. Um, that's that's really the key. If, if you rush and you get all that wrong, then basically you're well and truly off the ball. Great. So get a cultural fit, make sure the expectations are there and don't rush it don't and rush. force the wrong person in because you're in a rush. That's it. Be patient. Yep. Great. Thanks, Tony. So that's, that's the hiring part of workplace relations. What about I've already got some people. So I'm already employing people. 
what are the steps uh, that we've got to take as a small business owner to protect? So what we're looking, we're, we're talking largely about entrepreneurs who are employing people on this mm. podcast. Mm. Who, what do the small business owner, what do they need to do to protect themselves? Well, we keep coming back to that policies and, and the policies are so important because, and even using that analogy of the McDonald's syndrome of saying, well, this is, this is how we do it here. And it can be as simple as things like, you know, yes, we wear a uniform and, and you know, um, yes, we get to work on time. But also the, the government insists on having certain policies around workplace behaviour in the sense of anti-bullying and harassment. And there's severe laws and, and penalties around, you know, what's called Brody's Law, which is where a, a young girl was bullied in the workplace to the point where she took her own life. So, you know, you've got anti-discrimination, you've got equal opportunity, you've got grievance procedures, a lot of things that, that people don't tend to think about. They just assume that, you know, they'll say to me, oh, but no, I'm, I don't need any of this. I'm a great employer. We, we have a great team. We have a, you know, we're like a family. What are some of the policies that you think are, well, not just you think, but are mandatory to have in place if you're going to employ people? Well, it, it varies business to business. As I said, the, the mandatory ones are around, you know, workplace, you know, bullying and harassment and equal opportunity and that sort of thing. Um, business by business, you know, you might have motor vehicle policy, for instance. You might have, um, well, I often, I do encourage a lot of people to have mobile phone policy, uh, where it's a generational thing. Once again, they can't live without their phone, but, uh, you know, you'd prefer that they left their phone in their car or in the locker or something like that so they weren't tempted to uh, to be uh, social media, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in, at work. Um, so, And then, again, social media policy, what, what are the rules around what you can and can't put on social media? You don't want to talk about your workplace clients, you know, um, things like that. Professional con- conduct, of course. Interacting with other with other staff. Everyone needs to be professional. Gone are the days where you could just, you know, say a few blunt words to a to a difficult employee and put him in his place. Unfortunately, that's no longer the case. So respect that needs to flow, uh, you know, throughout the workplace. Um, there's always issues around leave and how that leave is allocated, annual leave, um, and you know, award rates and pay rates. Oh, and, absolutely. And so loadings entitled, and all the rest basically, of Basically, yeah. yeah, long service leave. Am I entitled to this? You know, can I get – because with particularly with leave, it, it, you've got compassionate leave, you've got, you know, carers leave. There's all these different nuances. And how many do you get? How do I apply? How do, you know, what's my entitlement? If I'm an employer, I've got got a good team, everything's going well, but I know I haven't got these documented. How do I go about documenting? Can I do it myself? Can well, I get... You, you can. Um, sorry to cut you off, but I see this a, a lot. It's a, one of my sort of pet hates, if you like. Dr. Doctor Google, uh, people will cut and paste. They'll bring uh, documents that they from their previous workplace and they'll just, you know adapt those as they need to. Um, different uh, resources will come together and I saw one just recently again where they, they said to me, no, I have my policies in place when I had a look at them and I said, well, I can see on one A4 page I can see three different fonts. <laughs> <laughs> so at least make an effort. Yeah. <laughs> so 
that's that's the biggest issue. I think having going to a, a workplace relations specialist who know this stuff and that's all they do because the laws change all the time, the wards change all the time, the government, I'm sure there's bureaucrats whose only role it is is to think, oh, I need to change something, you know, to justify my job. So let's, let's you know, change the laws and then, of course, it's up to the poor old business owner to try and keep their head around that. And in fact, I had a, a commercial cleaning lady say to me just recently uh, when I said, well, I don't think you're paying the right wages there, uh, those wages, there was a wage increase at, at the 1st of July and she looked me in the eye and said, well, who's supposed to tell me that? Now, I tried not to laugh, but the reality is no one's supposed to tell her, but she's supposed to know. She's supposed to find yep. out. And that's it in a nutshell. It's very difficult to keep across this sort of stuff. There are, you know, workplace relations specialists and that's why they exist. Sure. And, and obviously your your business um, officer solution um, around that, and if people want to get in touch with you, or jump Absolutely. on Google, or more than speak, happy, or, or more reach than happy out to, to talk to anyone. And and I know that you were on a subscription model where you can pay for it at a relatively cost-effective amount and take a lot of this risk out. Okay. Now, here's the one most people want to hear about, or sadly, or sadly that that'll cost a lot if it's done the wrong way. Um, firing. Mm-hmm. So I've got someone. They're just not really making it work, or they've, or they're unreliable, um, and their, you know, their attitude is poor. What rights does the employer have? Well, the, the rights really come back to what was established uh, in, in the start, and, and one of in the start of that master-servant relationship, that employer-employee relationship, and one of those is the fact that. It should be made clear that there will be certain performance uh, measurement uh, tools in place in the workplace. In other words, you know, what a regular interval, whether it be three or six months, it's just simply an appraisal of how you're going and that sort of thing. What that does, it's, it's the old story where the employer says to the employee, how do you think you're going? And the employee says, I think I'm going fantastic. <laughs> yep. And the employer has to say, well, I'm sorry, I disagree. So it's like having kids again, Once using that analogy of the kids, telling them what you want, when you want it, and what will happen if you don't get it. So that's very clear. So you can say, well, look, you're not performing to where I would like you to perform. I would like you to, let's say, uh, put that uh, box in that box, you know, quicker. I would like you to move quicker. That, that's, that's what I want. When do I want it? Well, starting today would be good, but being reasonable that you might have to work up to that. So let's say I'll give you a week to, you know, we'll monitor that for a week. So I'm going to be reasonable in my time expectation. But if you don't meet that expectation, there's a clear consequence. And that consequence is that we may have to have a serious talk about your ongoing employment. All right? Sure. So once again... Going back to that, having this performance management tool and and, uh, regime in place at the start gives both parties the opportunity to monitor their performance. Now, ultimately, if they can't do the job or they refuse to do the job or they're just not interested in that, that then you can prove, because the onus of proof is on, on you in terms of the Fair Work Commission, you can prove that you've done everything, that the expectations are there, you gave them time to, to achieve it, 
you know, you counsel them, all that sort of stuff. And then when that relationship breaks down, you can say, well, we've done everything right. Okay, so performance managing, clear expectations of what you want, when, and making it clear to the person what, what the consequences are. Absolutely, yep. Okay. So you go through that process, performance still isn't improved, and you go, right, I've, I've been as patient as we can. We cannot afford to have this person on board anymore. Hmm. What should I do then? Well, there's a, there's a thing called procedural fairness. So every employee has the right to be treated fairly. So this is this is really the litmus test. From from if I if I put on my fair work commission hat, I would say, have you been fair with that employee? Have you been reasonable with that employee? Have you been just and have you been non discriminatory? And if you have been unfair, unreasonable, unjust or discriminatory, then there's a problem. So this procedural fairness that every employee is entitled to, that's the important thing. And once again, um, you have the right to let them go, but only if you can prove that you have been given them you know, a clear instruction on what you want, when you want it, and what will happen if you don't get it. Without that sort of stuff, without that, without that you know, baseline of, of expectation and the way we do it here, then effectively they have the right to complain about your management style, your employment style to the Fair Work Commission with a high likelihood of uh, getting some sort of compensation, if not reinstatement. Look, let's say we've done all that, we've moved someone on, um, we've done it all the right way. Hopefully that gives us the best chance of a good outcome for everyone. Um, If we get it wrong at any of those steps, I, I guess, you know, we're talking morale of the overall joint, productivity then goes down, cost of having to pay out presumably an unfair dismissal claim, That's defending right. a defending an unfair dismissal claim I, I'd imagine can be quite pricey. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and look, honestly, the unfair dismissal is an easy one because there's certain criteria about uh, um, whether they're entitled to claim, and that's to do with the, the longevity of how long how long they've been in that job, and even there's a limit on on the amount of payout that's available, and it's usually around a six months salary. So that's a fairly easy one. You can see that coming a mile off. What's not foreseeable is things like bullying and harassment, and uh, any of the um, general protection uh, laws or a- adverse action. And this relates to you know things like. You know, you put someone off who's been on uh, extended workers' comp. You know, you you do it the wrong way where you've you've actually you know had a had a bit of a a dummy spit and told a guy to go. Right, all this sort of stuff. The reason I bring that up is these ad, adverse actions are unlimited in their compensation. Right, so they can be very very costly if you don't get that right. And so this is where, once again, having access to professional employment relations uh, advice is paramount because if you could pick up the phone and say, look, I am about to have a dummy spit with this guy. <laughs> yep. Is there a better way I can do it? What do I need to do? You know, uh, how can I performance manage him out or how can I protect myself? You know, so. And uh, I guess it, doing it in a, in a structured Non-volatile, non-emotional Absolutely. way. Absolutely, will 
Professional way. Professional way keep, keeps. Uh, it's not always easy. Reduces your chance of copying it oh, at, at the other end, and that, and that's that's it. Yeah. So getting the advice on say, I well, clients will come to me with that question, and I'll just say to them, look, what is the outcome you want? Do you want them gone, or do you want the behavioural change? And I can help you either way. But if you want them gone, we need to make that happen legally. Not you know, not sort of emotionally. Yep. Yeah. Great advice. Well, Tony, you've helped us here. Hiring, employing, firing. Now, in the space of a half hour podcast, that's have a lot more to it than that. So if people want to get a hold of you, I guess they can Google Tony Scott Employee Shore. Absolutely. Um, alternatively contact me and I'd be happy very happy to put you in touch. Um, I I'm a I'm an optimist. <laughs> I, I like to think that employing people is for the greater good and and I'm, I'm certainly not put off employing people and I, I certainly work with clients that, that want to grow their business and, and, and engage and employ people, but doing it the right way is just another risk uh, that they can mitigate uh, for their business and, and, and without doing it the right way, they're exposed or they're going to be resigned to a, a life of where they're just going to revert to a smaller business. So um, as much as it's painful, it's not that exciting and sorry, Tony, I'm just making the joke. All of this stuff, it, it's it's a little bit of paperwork and documentation um, will save a hell of a lot of tears down the track. Um, I've seen it and no doubt you, you do it for a job, so you see it day in, day out. So definitely encourage people to get, get this in order um, so that they can focus on on the, the real job at hand and, 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 and all the fun stuff. So thanks so much for being a part of today's uh, interview and um, really appreciate you being a part of the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Mike. Well, that was my interview with Tony Scott, small business uh, workplace relations guru with EmployShore. Now, here's some of my takeaways from my chat with Tony. First, his, his get to the contest in relation to employing. Get it right first time. Get the culture. Get the expectations. Make sure everyone understands the rules of the game before we start playing. If you don't get that right, you're setting yourself up for trouble. So I really like Tony's version of the get to the contest. Then. Now, hiring. Don't be reactive. Don't rush. Document your policies and procedures don't cut and paste, get it done by someone professional who knows what they're doing. Next step when hiring, be selective, make sure you go through their references and also do some research around social media. If you see someone doing a few inappropriate things on a quick Google search, that's probably as valuable as anything. And in the hiring process, if you set the expectations up front, the culture up front, the rules of the game we're playing, you're going to have a much better chance of this person adhering and becoming an employee who you're you're proud to to have on your team. Now, employing people, once we've got them, if you don't have the policies and procedures in place, go and get them and then it's up to you to enforce the policies, but you can't enforce a policy you don't have. Firing. So we've made the decision, we're going to fire someone. So Tony had some great advice there. We've got to performance manage this person out. So we have to be really clear on our expectations what you want, when do you want it, and the consequences. Get that clear and documented. That will make sure that you're every chance of complying because the burden of proof 
on all of these types of claims against an employer is on the employer. So get it documented and your chance of establishing procedural fairness is much higher. Very costly to get it wrong, quite clearly. And last one from Tony, which I really liked. It's really relevant for all employers out there uh, and entrepreneurs. Take time out. Put it in your diary. Make it a priority. Sharpen the saw, in the words of uh, Stephen Covey from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It'll give you, one, a better life. It'll give you some perspective. And it'll just mean that you enjoy your work far more. If you're taking that time out, you'll be less resentful. And you'll just be a happier person, which is what we all want. So there you have it. There are my takeaways for my chat with Tony Scott. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And we look forward to you joining us for the next episode.